0: Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBoscher Studios.
1: Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Bicati's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Lifegate Church in Mandeville and Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, it's your chance to talk intelligence sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Crahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star.
2: And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on Nash Icon 1061 FM. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app, available anytime, anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. Of course, you can also check out our podcast, which will always be posted at CrescentCitySports.com. You can check it out following the show. Just click on the menu and click on podcast to be able to do so. You can always email me, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. Later on in the show, we'll have the opportunity to visit with Jordy Colada to talk about LSU football as the Tigers get ready for their season opener with Florida State. We start off by talking about the Saints, among other things. It's great to welcome a good and great friend former saints quarterback former archbishop shaw star and now set to be an old miss hall of fame inductee that's pretty special for a special guy and a great friend john forcade john welcome and congratulations my friend
3: i appreciate it kenny thank you
2: that's got to be nice did you expect that was it a surprise or
3: it was, yeah, it was a surprise. Uh, you know, we do the Ole Miss uh, Alumni M Club weekend every first week in August. And I've been going through about 20-something years with a group of guys that we play our golf in. And at the end of the golfing event for the dinner, they announced the uh, inductees for this year. And somehow my name was on their list. And so uh, some people say 43 years is a long time to wait to get on the list. But, you know, the old saying, good things come to he who waits. So I waited, and I'm in it, and I'm, I'm, I'm very thrilled.
2: Any specific memory that stands out from your playing time at Ole Miss?
3: Well, you know, everybody asks that question. You know, the last, the last big memory I have was this, Kenny. I played my last college football game against Mississippi State. On the last play of the game in my 1981 season, uh, two seconds left on the clock. I ran it in from uh, a yard and a half out to win the game for the Rebels. We ended up beating Mississippi State, and that's how I ended my uh, college career, uh, the last play of, of my college career. And it's kind of hard to say. You know, you can take that away from it, but the last play I've ever played in college football was the a winning play to beat the, our rival
2: Well, that's such a big game, the Egg Bowl, obviously, each and every year. So that's a pretty good memory, to say the least. So, of course, the New Orleans- Yep, I mean, that's a great honor, and look, uh, they've improved that facility over the years, done a, quite a few games there and covered games there, and they've been a good football team in recent years. Lane Kiffin's done a good job, and what about this year? What do you think about Ole Miss this year?
3: Well, i got to see a little bit of action, and I'm kind of surprised that they haven't really decided on the quarterback situation after the spring, I was told it was dark, and I am say, wait a second, uh, wait a second. The kid from Oklahoma State didn't transfer a year for not, you know, not knowing that he's not going to come in and be, you know, a chance to make the, uh, the starting job. And I think when the season begins, it's going to be the kid from Oklahoma State. There's no reason to sit here and tell me he's not transferred for being a three-year starter, uh, transfer portal, comes to Ole Miss, and he's going to sit the bench. Why would anybody do that? So I think he's going to be the starter. Uh, I like what I'm seeing defensively uh, with the new defense coordinator who came over from Alabama. Uh, they won this, 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 this fall spring day practice they had, I guess, this fall, which was last week, last Saturday. I'm impressed with them. Uh, they got a great running back. Uh, they should do well this season. If, if I had to pick a number, can win-wise, they, they should win nine games. Uh, no worse than eight games, eight between eight and nine games. I think that's where I'm looking at them. And, yes, I do know they play a good two lane team, second game of the season. I'm going to have to go with my Rebels when they come into town against the, uh, the Green
4: Wave.
2: Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I mean, this is a good two lane football team, and I don't think when they scheduled this, Ole Miss didn't expect to be facing a team of this caliber uh, that they're coming here to face. That would be a great game, be fun to watch. Uh, it generation.
3: will, especially with a great quarterback in Pratt. The, the young gentleman has played well for Tulane. And, you know, they lost some pieces from last year's team. But I think uh, Coach Fritz has got them uh, ready for another good season. And I think it's going to be the best game of the year for Tulane, obviously, because it's it's an it's Ole Miss. It's a ranked team that's ranked above them by, by one seed. Uh, Ole Miss has to realize that, hey, you can't slack off against a good Tulane team. And it happens to be the second game of the season. So both these teams are going to come in with not much preparation, but one game under their belt. So I'm looking at, looking forward to this. It's already been a sold-out game, and, uh, hey, why not? You know, right here in uh, downtown New Orleans, and let's go see a good football game.
2: John forcade our guest. And as far as, you know, college football is concerned, I mean, it's, it's fun times here because Tulane's good, LSU's good. And obviously, Southeastern's good. You know, Nichols is competitive too. It's pretty solid stuff. Pretty solid programs that we're talking about when you're talking about those programs. So it's pretty good in South Louisiana, isn't it?
3: Well, oh, there's no doubt. You know, uh, Nichols has slacked off a little bit, but they've always been competitive enough. Southeastern has picked it up. You know, they've won uh, quite a bit the last couple of seasons. Gotten into the playoffs as well. Uh, you know, Tulane has put it put it to everybody the last couple of seasons. And, LSU is LSU. LSU could be in, a, in the line right now for a possibility of playing for the SEC championship and maybe get one of them four spots until it uh, becomes a 12-team race. But, uh, you know, Coach Kelly did a great job in the two years that he, he's there. Uh, you know, here in, in this year be a second year. Uh, and then, you know, when you call a pro football, you got to do all the same. So there's good football played down in, in the southern part of Louisiana.
2: Where LSU is concerned, a lot of people feel like they're actually the favorite in the Western Division, Alabama, a slight favorite, but LSU's better at quarterback, you know, offensive line probably better, uh, running back wide receiver similar, all about defense there, but uh, Brian Kelly was a good hire by LSU, wasn't he?
3: Oh, there's no doubt when people are saying, you know, oh, who's this guy He couldn't win at Notre Dame? Well, let me tell you, today, put any coach out there and see if they can win at Notre Dame. And I'm not talking about winning national championships. I'm talking about winning games. He's won some games. He's got him to one national championship, and he got beat by a very good Alabama team. But he's been in the a, in a running for, you know, 10-win seasons and 11-win seasons. He's done a fantastic job there. You know, he don't get the players like the, like the SEC does now. He can compete because he does get the players that uh, all the SEC schools do. And he's going to bring his team here, and he's going to bring them week in and week out. He's going to get the players he's only been here in year two and just think if it's year four or five and he's, and he's winning championships or he, he's fighting for it and so it's a great hire. Uh, I've always liked him. I just felt that Notre Dame just don't get quite the players that the SEC does and it goes back to what happened with Ohio State all the years and they would get there but couldn't quite get there and they were always complaining about oh they can't compete with the SEC guys because they just can't go get them and then Urban Myers went there and got some of the, the southern guys and Now that Brian Kelly is with LSU, he's going to recruit the guys that need to be recruited to play in the SEC.
2: Visiting with John Forcade and talking about college football there. Let's turn our attention to the Saints. Obviously, working with the Chargers for two days. Hey, we don't even know if this game will be played Sunday with a hurricane uh, bearing on Los Angeles. It doesn't figure to be uh, extremely powerful when it gets there, but still, it's a hurricane, so who knows? But the reality is the two days of – Practice are more valuable than the preseason game, anyway. Correct?
3: Well, there's no doubt. You know, nobody cares about the preseason games. When I say nobody, I mean the, the coaching staff and all the all the scouts and people that, that are involved with the, with both teams or all teams in the NFL. They worry about how you lead up to your practices, get your reps and, and over and over in a practice. Yes, playing in a preseason game is great and everything, but then it becomes like who's playing, what's the depth, who's going to be here, what guys you got for that. It's not they a practice where you can get more reps, more reps to see each guy. And I think everybody wants to get to the practice bar now because you can stop practice, redo it, do things of that nature, and you can teach it. When you go to a preseason game, it becomes a game-type situation, and you really can't get the repetition that you would get when you're in practice. And that's why you got two-and-a-half, three-hour practices, whereas you got, you're playing a football game, you might get on the field you know, 15 minutes as a player, 20 25 minutes in total as a player. But the players know that the game is what they want in the preseason, but the coaches understand what practice is all about. And I think they'll play the game this weekend, like you said. It might be a slight hurricane, more like a tropical storm out of wind and rain. And they're playing indoors, so it shouldn't matter. But I think it's more of a protection of getting people to and from the game and depending on the rain. But I think they'll try to get it in. And they would like to play it, but if they it don't, it's fine. You know, you don't get well, you shouldn't say you get anybody hurt, but I think they've been getting some players injured the last couple of days, and what else has happened? I mean, nothing but injuries so far this season with the Saints.
2: Marshawn Lattimore leaving today's practice with a leg injury. Dennis Allen said afterwards he didn't think it was serious, but it makes you hold your breath because they missed him last year. Ten games missed, and they missed him terribly, and he's looked really good throughout training camp. So... Very important piece to the puzzle. Let's hope that there's nothing serious there. All right, so let's talk generally about what you like about the 2023 New Orleans Saints.
3: Well, one, you got like, to like the guy who starts it off. It's, it's Carr. You know, by them getting Carr makes a big difference with this football club. Look, I, I don't care what he did with the, with the, uh, the Las, Las Vegas uh, Raiders. Uh, it's what he's going to do for the New Orleans Saints going forward. Uh, they got to surround this man with the players. I think the receiving core is there. I don't care about who's their third, fourth, or fifth receiver. They still got enough receivers on this roster because they're going to be tight end oriented. Olave, uh, Michael Thomas, uh, you know, they got the receiving core, they got the tight end core. It's all about the O line, Ken. They're going to have a good running game. If Miller can come back and healthy and Williams is there and uh, Alvin Kamari, you understand what he's going to bring. But he's going to miss some games. And then they go out and get the, uh, the Donnell kid, I mean, the Daryl kid from uh, Williams kid from the Kansas City Chiefs. They used to play LSU guy. they going to be okay. Everything scares mm-hmm. me on the offensive side of the ball. They got to have protection. They got to have healthy offensive linemen. And that's right now where they're hurting that. They, they've done well with them, but they still got to have the depth. And the guys who are the starters have got to play. Penny has done well so far. You got to bring Pete back. You got to get. Caesar in there. You got to get Ram Jack. You got to get these guys to be there, content to play much more than just you know three or four games or, or play a half a season. If they get the offensive line, there's nothing that this offense can't do. Now turn over to defense. Well, they know known for their defense. If they can just get some pass rushing guys in there, which I like what they got up front. You know, Cam Jordan is Cam Jordan. Linebacking core, they got to find them a couple more depths in the linebacker. They signed Smith. I thought it was a good good signing. Secondary, you said Lattimore, but I think that's their best position is their secondary with the depth. This team should be solid defensively in the top ten maybe on the defensive side of football. The offense can get the top 15. This team can go and win the division with no issues.
2: Yeah, Las Vegas, of course, has them in nine-and-a-half wins, and I get that, and I think they are definitely the favorite to win the division. All right, Derek Carr is obviously Exhibit A in terms of key players – But he's not the only one. I mean, you talked about it a little bit. As far as I look at this team in terms of the key players, I I start with Trevor Penning. He's the blind side. He's a left tackle, and he's got to perform. Certainly, Jamal Williams with Alvin Kamara uh, being MIA for three weeks. Michael Thomas and just who he is and what he can be this time around I think is very important. Brian Bursi, because he's a rookie that's being counted on in a rotation at defensive tackle. And then Marcus May, because Marcus May is obviously a guy that last year uh, was a mixed bag, and they were counting on him, and he's got to be healthy, and he's got to be good at safety. Those are guys I'm pointing to. Uh, Are those some of the ones you're looking at? And if not, who are the others?
3: Well, there's no doubt that May was a big key to the secondary because, like, where was he last year? They they bring all this stuff about him when they first brought him here, uh, you know, a guy from another ball club that's supposed to be really good, and he didn't show up now, you know, Terrence uh, Matthews was the guy. Uh, Teron Matthews who won that we did not know what he was going to bring to the table. We thought he was too, too far up in age. He slacked it well. At the beginning of the season, I was like, wow, where is he? He's not... But he played extremely well at the end of the season. That's why I think the secondary for this team is going to be extremely uh, A-OK. I don't think you have to worry about somebody going down. Somebody's going to step up. It's the linebacking core. I'm worried about the linebacker. I think the defensive line with the young guy in there from Clemson, I like what I saw of him. Plus, you know, other guys. Turner's got to come back and show it. Uh, Grandison's playing well. I like their front. I have a lot of accountability for those guys. It's the linebacker, Kenny. You know, Davis, we know what he can do. Uh, Warner, can he stay healthy? All right. But if one of them goes down, who is going to be the guys or guy or who can step up there to take that spot? we got to find somebody out on that end. On the other side of the ball, you named all the, all the big guys there. You know, Michael Thomas, Olave, they're going to do well. The tight end, we got three. You know, they could have four. They got some good, solid tight ends there. on is of importance. McCoy has done a fantastic job since he's been here from day one. He's been healthy. Penny has got to stay healthy to help this ball club. But I really say they got to get – Jack has got to be healthy at all times because you want your tackles to be the guys you can get away with – helping out with attack the, the guards and the centers being combinations, but it's the end. You gotta have those guys on the outside to protect, you know, the outside. The running game, it's it's gonna be by committee. You know that. It's gonna go rotate three guys in there. But here's a key that nobody knows and everybody has to know. What kind of Carmichael is gonna be? What Carmichael are we gonna get? We're gonna get the Sean Payton that learned, that taught Carmichael, or we're gonna get a different Carmichael that was last season. We have got to find out with the play selection. Does John Gruden Play in a factor to help uh, Carmichael with the play calling. I really believe it's what he does offensively that helps this football club.
2: Well, I, I don't think he suddenly became a bad coach. I mean, obviously, no, I'm not
3: saying he's a bad coach. I yeah, his play calling because Sean wasn't here to help him. See, last year was just Nobody's helping him. This right. year, he's got to have the ability to just don't be just make a call. Let let do it, but feel comfortable in your call and understanding, I don't know if Gruden's going to be in his ear or, or help him throughout this little motion, and he backs away. I'm just really trying to see what Carmichael, I think he can do the job because he learned 16 years with uh, Sean Payton. He should have something to bring to the table. Now, granted, he didn't have a quarterback play he had last year. He's got a much better quarterback than he had last season.
2: I've got to believe that in year two, Carmichael's more comfortable. I've got to believe Allen's more comfortable. Because the further he gets removed from Sean Payton, the better it is. And That's not to knock Payton. It's just that you have to be your own person. You have to have your players. You've got to have your coaches. And he's changed coaches, and he's got some people that are more his now. And they've changed some players, and they're more his now. Uh, You've got to have your own identity. And uh, to try to get out of that shadow of, of Coach Payton, the further down the road you get, the better off he's going to be. But he's got to produce this year. He has
3: to. Well, there's no doubt. I think the best thing that you just hit the nail on head. He got away. You know, it happened in years go by. He got away from Sean Payton. People now know it, it's D.A. They don't talk about Sean Payton no more. He's off in Denver doing his thing. D.A. has to come in here. He, he, he changed up his roster. He changed up his coaching staff. It was him doing all this. He didn't take anybody that was left over from Sean. He went and got these players. He went and got his quarterback. He basically brought in Gruden to help out a little bit. That's fine and that's He brought some new uh, coaching staff that's got some experience throughout the league that people know of that can handle some things. I think it helps him in a a situation that he don't have to do both sides of the football. He kind of had his hands a little bit involved Mm -hmm. on the offensive side, not from a standpoint calling plays, but maybe wanting to do this, and we're going to win by defense. Well, his defense didn't play that great last year. It had its moments. But this defense is capable of carrying this football club. That's why I said if it's in the top ten, then you don't have to worry much about the offense because the defense is going to show up. Defense last year didn't show up, I think, because D.A. wasn't quite there involved and had some issues maybe going with who's calling the plays, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. It's all his team right now, both player-wise and coaching-wise.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. It's all about the fact that they've got their guys in place. He's got a more comfortable situation. Yeah, and he's got the support of his ownership and, and general manager, but they've got to win. And they're in, a division right. where they're in a division where they have to win because those teams aren't there yet. I mean, the Falcons are doing it right. They've got some good offensive players. You know, the Panthers, I think, are doing it right, but they've got a rookie quarterback. And for that matter, the Falcons have a second-year quarterback. So, look, I think they're in a good place. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be much of a factor. So, they're in the right division. For that matter, they're in the right conference because – in the NFC, who's really good? Philadelphia, San Francisco? I'd put them in that category of being very good teams. But even San Francisco's playing a, a second-year quarterback who played well last year, but he was a rookie. Who knows? Beyond that, well, Katie, who's, who, who's really good?
3: I'm saying here, here's the thing that people you know have to look at. They play 17 games. I believe nine games that they play are with quarterbacks who, like, who are they? I mean, you know, I mean, nothing gets these guys, but they're not Derek Carr. You know, they're not Hurts. They're not, you know, uh, Mahomes. They're just, what, who are they? And they should be able to walk through this division because of what they have on this team compared to what the other teams have. They should not lose a division game and win their division and win the South and be representing the, the uh, playoff team with the New Orleans Saints. And then look at some of the other teams, like you said, it's either Philadelphia and maybe San Francisco. People talk about Seattle. Nah, I'm not sold on Seattle. I'm not sold on the Giants. Um, you know, Green Bay, you don't know they have there. Chicago, you don't have there. Minnesota, you don't have there. And Detroit. So it's probably, in my eyes, Philadelphia, San Francisco, and I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints.
2: That's why I said that. I, I think th- those two teams are clearly better than the others. And I don't think anybody else is really uh, that. I mean, the Lions are a fashionable pick. Yeah, they're solid. They're good, but they haven't proven it yet. The Vikings. You know, I had the good record last year, but it was kind of a lie, and their defense wasn't that good. The Giants, you know, improved. Dallas is Dallas, right? They've got players; they're good, but they're not great. Green Bay. I mean, you got Jordan Love at quarterback now. I mean, I'm just looking across the board, and you know, Seattle's pretty solid. But again, who in that bunch scares you? I mean, I that, correct. The answer to me is
3: nobody. No, when you play week in and week out. You line up your 11 on offense against 11 on defense, the opposing team. I don't think anybody scares them. You flip it over. I don't think anybody scares the Saints, their 11 defense versus anybody's 11 offense. So look at, you know, Mitch, I mean, max those up and like player for player. I, I, the Saints can hang with everybody. Um, you know, Philadelphia Philadelphia, but I'm still not sold on Hurts yet. He's only been there two years. and and he's only did well last season, didn't, didn't, didn't quite get over the hump and win the Super Bowl, but, you know, they don't really scare. they got a good team, but when they got the teams they won last year, they were bad football teams that they beat and got all in sacks. I don't think you'll see that with the nuance of the San style all the way around. San Francisco, you got a, a kid who's Mister irrelevant as your quarterback. Yeah, he went seven and one, but that's great. fun. and Andy, who might be injured this year. They got a quarterback that gave up three draft picks from who might not even be on their ball club. Seattle, you got Geno Smith, but is he gonna be the Geno Smith from last season? Or is he gonna go back to being a ten years of no no Geno Smith whatsoever? So basically, you know, cousin, what are you gonna get with cousins? Like you said, you have no idea. So nobody really scares the same They'll line up with anybody. Now, there are some good teams. Philadelphia is a good team. Dallas is a good team, but they got their issues. And then Seattle, and you got the 49ers. That's the only four clubs you can kind of pick ahead of the Saints. But I still like the Saints as probably the third-best team in the NFC with the chance possibly could be in, you know, moved up, depending on how they get through their division. And I don't see them, Kenny, losing in their division. They shouldn't. Not to a a Bryce Young, not to a – Mayfield and not to a, a Ritter. Come on, there's no way the Saints to lose. You know, six games in the division.
2: Yeah, I don't think they can sweep the division. That's too difficult. But right. I do think that they will do well in the division. And then when you look at the schedule, all the really good teams in the NFL—they don't play the 49ers. They don't play, you know, the Eagles. They don't play the Chiefs. They don't play the Bengals. They don't play the Ravens. They don't play the Steelers. They don't play. The, the Chargers, they do play Jacksonville. You know, I mean, I'm just looking at the real Buffalo. They don't play Buffalo. Looking mm-hmm. at the really good teams in the league, I think the schedule is favorable.
3: No, there's no doubt the schedule. But People say, well, what do you pick? I, you know what? I, like I, when I talk to, to Gus and a few other guys on the show, we do. I said, guys, I, I know we all sit here picking, you know, nine wins, ten. I said, I want to see him after the first few games. And then I can tell you how the Saints are going to play if they're three and one after four weeks, you got no issue. They're four and zero. You definitely got no issue. If they're two and two or one and three, something's wrong. Something happened. I don't know why, what went. But I don't see them being. I see them three and one after four weeks or four zero. Or no. I can see that being their record after the first four games. Trying to pick what they're going to project to, to how many wins they got nine and a half. I think the Saints could easily go over nine and a half. They'd have to really screw up and be a nine win eight win season i think they can get ten wins possibly eleven you know i'm just i'm just thinking because of who they play and they got an easy schedule
2: i think you are pretty much in agreement with me with uh, regard to the outlook for this team i've got them at ten wins and again you know maybe i'll amend that by opening day depending on injuries but right now i think that's a pretty sound pick you know by the way if they win ten they're going to win the division and they'll right. be at home in the first round of the playoffs and and that would be significant progress. So, hey, if everything falls right, maybe better than that. But if the injury set in, maybe worse than that. We shall see. John 4k congratulations on the Ole Miss Hall of Fame induction. Always a pleasure visiting with you. We'll be doing a live show again this year on Wednesday nights. We'll get you for that. And, and always enjoy visiting, my friend.
3: Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate you having me on tonight.
2: All right, John. My pleasure. John 4k uh, of course, always... Good to speak to you, former New Orleans Saint, and a pretty good perspective there from John as well. All right, we're at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061 to join in the conversation. We'll take a time out here. When we return, in just a moment or two, we'll visit with Jordy Colada to talk about the LSU Tigers and their current scenario where football is concerned. As we march on, on a Friday night with all access, Ken Trahan here on Ash Icon. 1061 FM and at Nash FM 1061.com. Hi, this is Ken Trehan. The Three Tailgator Show is a Saturday morning tradition on 1061 Nash Icon. Tune in every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to noon with my partner Ed Daniels of WGNO and WNOL to join me to talk sports with you every single week with your calls as well. The Three Tailgator Show, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon on 1061 Nash Icon.
4: Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a digital sales manager. To apply, simply go to cumulusmedia.com, click on work here, and then fill out the needed information and career opportunities. This is a highly compensated and exciting opportunity to build and coach your own digital sales team with the support of a great group of radio stations. Simply go to cumulusmedia.com and apply today. Cumulus Media is an equal opportunity employer.
1: When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana High School State Championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllstateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper.
4: Hey, it's Cassie Young, radio personality, wife and mother of two. Did you know that less than 10% of Americans get enough fiber from diet alone? I know with my hectic schedule, I probably fall into that category. Thankfully, there are Metamucil fiber gummies. Metamucil fiber gummies are a delicious and easy way to increase your daily fiber intake. That's because they contain five grams of a prebiotic plant-based fiber blend. In other words, the same amount of fiber in two cups of uncooked broccoli you can get in just three tasty gummies. Try Metamucil fiber gummies today, the easy way to get more daily fiber i'm getting vaccinated with prevnar 20
8: so am i because i'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia
6: if you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma diabetes copd or heart disease or are 65 or older you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine. It can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com.
8: This report is sponsored by Mothers Against Drunk Driving.
6: For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique, but you are not alone. You always have a place at Mad. Call our 24-hour victim helpline, at 877-MAD-HELP or visit mad.org.
5: Big slowing we're seeing on eastbound I-10 after Canal Street before Orleans. Left lane is blocked and traffic is crawling from the Claiborne flyover again. Left lane blocked on I-10 East at Canal Street due to this crash. Also, crawling traffic on the Crescent City connection between Whitney and O'Keefe, 55 northbound between Mancheck and uh, Frontage Road, we have an accident. And 55 northbound La to Hammond is 78 minutes. Michael Higgins, New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service, Traffic Center. And
1: now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at nashfm1061.com call
2: 504-260-1061. Season over here against Florida State and September the 3rd, the date locally here on WGNO and not a pick a game, a very slight favorite to LSU, but it's that kind of game with teams that have similarities that are pretty much across the board and it figures to play out pretty much. As it did last year. Joining us now to talk about that the gentleman does an outstanding job with his own podcast, of course, and radio for many years and continues to, to really do an excellent job in analyzing the entire scenario surrounding LSU. It's great to welcome Jordy Collada to the show. Jordy, how are you?
7: Kenny, great to be with you, man. Thanks for having me.
2: Well, listen, it's a pleasure. So, look, the anticipation's high. The, the rankings, I think, are legitimate. And yet, there's so much weight being placed on this game, it's been talked about ad nauseum, but the fact of the matter is, it's accurate. This game is that important for both of these teams in their quest to be in, in a playoff system down the road.
7: Oh, without question, you know I think you, you look at these, you look at these two teams, and and look, you also look at the weekend. I mean, you know, LSU and Florida State's the marquee game. You know, I mean, there's not a lot of good games in college football that weekend, so there's going to be a lot of people that are looking at that one and. You know, expecting it to be a, a competitive, and I think on paper you look at them and they're kind of in the same place. You know, I mean they they got two returning quarterbacks that have a lot of um, you know you got a lot of expectation around them. You got some guys that um, that that are, are ready now after being recruited at a high level. Um, obviously, Mike Norvell was able to kind of stamp his 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 time in, in in Tallahassee last year with the season that he had, and you know both come in with that high expectations this season. I think LSU's got a great mile marker to look back on last year to say, look, you know, it's not going to make or break the season. I mean, LSU still played for an SEC title even though they lost the game, but it's just a great opportunity, you know. I mean, I think you look at that weekend; everybody's going to be watching. You know, it's a it's a top ten matchup, a top eight matchup, and you know, I think whoever wins that game will probably wake up on you know Tuesday morning being number two, number three in the country, and you know, with a, a lot of attention at them all season long.
2: We saw it to a degree in last year's game, but. These quarterbacks are very similar, aren't they?
7: Yeah, they really are. You know, I mean, when when you look at them, they're very comfortable running. You know, and and you know, maybe Jaden Daniels for for the majority of last season was probably more comfortable running first. I think towards the end he started to realize that he's got a lot of weapons around him and to to distribute the ball. I think he comes in with a much more passing mindset this year. And then you look at Jordan Travis, Kenny, and I. You know, I think he had a he had a really good season last year. I think you know, I mean, there was a lot of people that were wondering what, what his, what his ceiling was, how he was going to perform. And, you know, I really think he answered a lot of the critics last season and, you know, I mean really kind of shown that, that, that he's a, he's a, he's a next level type quarterback. I think, you know, he'll get a shot and, you know, he's leading a really good team. He's got wide receivers. Both of them have, you know, Dave Daniels, um, and, and Travis both have, you know, weapons at their disposal. I mean, you know, guys that, that can change the scoreboard within one play. Um, so, I mean, it's, is uh, when you look at them on paper, it's two very similar guys that have, uh, you know, really good opportunities to play their draft stock. Um, you know, I believe in, in, into a second round, late first round type type status.
2: Jordy Collado with us talking about LSU football from the standpoint of strengths on the LSU team. I, I really kind of think it's the entire offense. I think their their offensive line is good. It's better than it's been. Their quarterback is obviously very good. Their backup quarterback's good. Their receivers are good. I think their running backs are, are – this is an above-average group overall because so, there's a plethora of players that can play, which they're going to have to settle on two or three for sure. But I think from the standpoint of, uh, of overall talent, I just think this offense has a chance to be really good.
7: I mean, Kenny, you, you you know this as good as anybody. I mean, LSU has always had weapons. I mean, they've always had guys that were you know big time playmakers, NFL caliber guys. I can't remember a year where they've had as many options. That, you know, just weapons. I mean, you know, stop me when, when 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 I get to somebody that's you know really not going to be looked at and counted on to be a guy. I mean, you got Malik Neighbors, you got Brian Thomas, you got Aaron Anderson, you got Kyrie Lacy. I mean, you got Kyron Lacy, uh, you got Chris Hilton. Uh, you know, you've got a, a three freshmen that are really, you know, practicing at a high level in Kyle Parker, uh, Jalen Brown, and Shelton Sampson. You look at that running backs, and, you know, you're talking about Logan Diggs. You're talking about Noah Kane, two guys with great experience. Josh Williams, another one has great experience. A home run hitter in Trey Bradford, a guy in, in Armani Goodwin that they want to find carries for. John Emory is back in that room. Two freshmen that they love in Caleb Jackson and, and – Uh, Trey Holly. I mean, the tight end room is stacked. I mean, when you think about what they have at tight end and how much Brian Kelly loves to run tight end sets, he was talking about it earlier this week on you know what tight ends can do in formations to cause mismatches with defenses. He's got guys in Mason Taylor and Camorian Tempton and Jackson McGowan who you know those guys are going to play. You know, I mean, all of those guys that I just rattled off are those are legitimate weapons for LSU. I mean, those are guys that. That, that are going to play they're going to touch the ball they're going to guy you know i mean i'm with you at running back they're, they're probably going to settle on on two and if i had to say today I, I would say it's you know a combination of logan diggs noah kane as the veterans and you know at, at trey bradford and and armani goodwin is somebody that they would look at to maybe be home run hitters they really love bradford he's had a great camp so you know he's just another weapon to throw into the mix
2: yeah you didn't even mention josh williams and he went to media day right. and is considered a leader on this team so uh, but again look i go back to what 2000 uh 10, 11, right up in there they were playing four running backs
1: uh, all the time
2: yeah. at that time but that's hard to do i mean i remember alfred blue hardly got on the field and he played in the nfl so uh, i think there's a they're in a similar dynamic but from the standpoint of of talent and from the standpoint of guys that that have the most ability uh, i would say it's probably Diggs and emery but emery has been obviously a problem overall guys that can pretty much do everything you want them to do they have the size they have the the ability to catch the ball and they have the speed as well uh, but again i just don't know if you can
7: count on emory no i'm with you look i think you know they they, they want to count on emory i mean really they, they they want him to to, to grab the opportunity and you know, I mean, he had, he had a good off season to get himself back in. But when you look at the options that they have, and you look at the you know just the the, the amount of players that they have in in, in that position, um, you know, I mean, you got to take care of your business both on the field and off of it to get trusted to to perform on Saturdays. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that that done it the right way. So, you know, I mean, I, I think they've, they they've got. Any way they want to slice it, they've got a healthy combination of the throw at defenses. and I, I'm, I'd love to see Emory be a, a part of the mix, and I think at some point in the season he will be.
2: Visiting with Jordy Collada, if we have any concern about this team, to me I'd point to the defensive side of the ball and specifically to cornerback. Not that they don't have guys that can play, but they're counting on a whole bunch of transfers there. You know, and obviously they haven't played here or played together, and that's such an important position. So, what have you seen? What do you feel about their cornerback position?
7: Well, look, first and foremost, they got to stay healthy. You know, what I mean, when, when, when you're talking about the guys, you know, what I mean, there there will be some new faces and there'll be some guys that are transferring in. You know, you look at Deuce Chestnut; he's played a lot of football at Syracuse. He's been in a, in, in a pretty good competition with, um, you know. Um, uh, with, with 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 a number of guys there, including with Terrence Welsh, he was a a guy who I, I really like. Ken. you know? I mean, I think he's you know he's been in the program. He was recruited out of Southwest Louisiana at of Acadiana, which is a really good program. And you know, he was a heck of a player there. And you know, he had a heck of a spring, man. When you look at you know the way that he performed against those wide receivers, against Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, and you know Aaron Anderson wasn't there in camp, but Kyron Lacey had a really good spring. And day in day out, Welsh was. He, he was battling those guys. Zai Alexander is another guy that transferred in from Southeastern that, you know, is really battling for for, for some playing time. And then, you know, they're looking at an old veteran in Sage Ryan who's a really versatile player. You know, I mean, he's done a lot of things when he came out of Lafayette Christian. I mean, he did everything down there for, for Trev Falk and the crew. He played offense and defense and punted and punt return. And, I mean, he did everything but drive the bus and make the hot dogs. And now they're, you know, LSU's looking at him to. Play a little cornerback. You know, I mean, he's he's taking some reps with the ones, and you know, w- w- with Denver Harris and the situation with him and the Texas A&M transfer. Um, you know, it, it's 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 a position that they need some guys to step up, and they're looking at Sage Ryan as a veteran that, that, that that's going to have a really good opportunity.
2: And then, of course, special teams. I mean, they have to be better. Yeah. I know the. You know, the coaching change took place, and then, of course, you had a coach that had to take lead for health, and guys got moved around. Uh, what do you see in this group? Aaron Anderson will help significantly in the return game because he's he's a real talent. I did a bunch of his games, but from the standpoint of kicking and, and kick coverage and protection, what do you see?
7: Yeah, look, I, I, there's a there's a big emphasis on it. You know, I mean, Brian Kelly has opened up the media and allowed the, you know the media in, and you can see. I mean, he spends thirty thirty minutes on on special teams, and it really is kind of a uh, a full staff approach. I mean, even with the the staff in place intact before Jimmy Lindsay went down with the health scare, um, you know, what I mean, they, they were they were going at this thing full steam, and you know, there, there's a heavy emphasis on personnel and making sure everybody's. You know, knowing where they're supposed to be on the teams, and you know, making sure everybody's prepared and mental errors, and there was a lot of breakdowns last season on just you know mentally, just not being prepared. And there's a uh, you know, you can tell there's a overemphasis uh, of making sure that they get that from the specialist standpoint. You really feel good about Jay Bramlett. You know, I mean he, he's had a he had a really good season last year, and he comes back, and you know the addition of Aaron Anderson, I think, is going to be. Is going to be clutch, you know. I mean, he he's a guy that now gives you a a legitimate game changer at at punt return, something that LSU's had for a long time and you know kind of gotten away from. Um, but you know, I mean, he gives he gives you that electric type capability where you know, I mean, he he can he can house the thing at any moment. So, um, you know, I I think from a special team standpoint, you look at, at, at Ramos, you, you know, from a field a uh, field goal kicker and a, and a place kicking standpoint, and I thought he had a pretty good season, at least one to you know, from a confidence standpoint to go into this year. And, you know, I think Divert will, will, will take over. You know, I mean, not take over, but he'll be doing the, the, the kickoff. So I think they feel good about their skill. You know, I mean, last year they just had to clean up a lot of mental errors. And you can tell from a coaching standpoint, they're paying a lot of attention to it right now.
2: Very much so. And then, of course, the conference and just looking at things and pick second beyond Alabama in the West, I would probably have picked LSU first in yeah. the West. Alabama's got good receivers. They don't have Gives at running back, uncertain at quarterback. Offensive line's not what it was, and LSU's has gotten better. And defensively, I think they're, they're comparable. So, And I know they play in Tuscaloosa, but if I'm making a pick, I'm picking LSU to win the West and Georgia to win the East and certainly put Alabama right in there in that mix and would probably put Tennessee uh, from the other side in that mix. Your thoughts about the conference?
7: No, I agree with you totally. I mean I, I give the nod to LSU when you look at the West just because of the quarterback debate. I mean, Alabama is a couple of weeks out from the season starting and then they've got no idea who they're gonna put under center. You know, I mean they they've they they that's not a that's not a <laughs> that's not a safe position for a top five team and they may figure it out, but I'm with you. You know, I mean if you're looking at this thing a couple of you know, a couple of months out, I, I, I give I give the, the the favorite to LSU just because of you know I mean they're they're stable at quarterback they're they're comparable on defense and you know Ken one thing that they they've not been you know competitive in for a long time was was the sideline was the coach was the preparation and I think you know now you kind of look at that and it's it, it, it's it's almost a wash you know when you look at Kelly and Saban I mean I I thought that from the coaching standpoint last year you know Kelly really kind of got him at the end I mean Saban you could see was you know, he was jumping around, calling time out on that two-point conversion, and I think he was probably going through his head: this isn't the same old LSU. You know, I mean, these guys are—they're prepared. They—they they know what they want to do. They're decisive, uh, and and you know they're they they're good. You know, what I mean, so it's 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 a sideline battle, that I think you know now has you know kind of uh, kind of washed itself out with the addition of Kelly. So you know, I'm with you. I like LSU in the West, and. You know, when, when, when you look at the East, I think Georgia's just recruited at another level, you know, than, than everybody else. I mean, even Alabama, LSU, you know, in that mix, Ohio State, I mean, the, everybody, you know, that, that group is right next to them. But they're a click above right now in what they're doing recruiting, especially defensively. But now they're starting to cross over and get some of these five and, you know, elite quarterbacks. And, um, you know, obviously Georgia in the East. I, you know, I, I think South Carolina is a dark horse team to watch out for. I, I love what, what Shane Beamer has done. Uh, up there with the Gamecocks. And you know, I think he's really restored a lot of energy up there. And you know, he's somebody that can you know, maybe make a run at it, we, you know, at least you know, maybe not at Georgia, but you know, to make it you know, up that, that, that pecking order of the SEC. So I look at the conferences as it's, it, it, it's, it's pretty wide open. You know? I mean, you look at the quarterback, I think obviously Jake Daniels is a guy that everybody looks at. You know, LSU feels very stable at that spot. So they got a chance to win.
2: I got to believe – Last chance for Jimbo to get it right. Yeah. Bobby Petrino comes in with the talent they had, with the way they played against LSU last year. Just made you wonder where the hell was that team all year. And and then there's Ole Miss, and you know Ole Miss has been pretty good and well coached, but quarterback position uncertain there too. So uh, I do like LSU in the in the West. If anybody else could sneak up in the West, maybe it's A and M because of its talent.
7: Yeah, you know, I mean, I love them defensively. I mean, I think that you know when you look at their defensive line. I mean, they have they got dudes, man. I mean, they got guys that are are pros. Um, and in the quarterback position, I just I I'm, I I want to see what happens with the sideline. I want to see what happens with Jimbo and Petrino. You know, I mean, I, I got to almost see it to believe it. Um, you know, Jimbo to me is kind of taking on a a less miles feeling almost, where you know he almost kind of feels like he's checked out. A lot of the things he says, there's nothing that really adds up. You know, I mean, he doesn't. He he says a lot to say nothing. So, you know, I mean, when I look at Jimbo and look at Petrino together, I got to see it to believe it before I can really trust it. And, and what it looks like, I love their talent. You know, I think that they got a lot of talent. But, you know, I mean, it's the SEC. You know, I mean, when you 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 kick it off on Saturdays, everybody's good.
2: Yeah, listen, I agree with you. And I guess last but not least, you mentioned a few of the other teams, but I wouldn't rule out Clemson. Ohio State's always going to be there. Uh, I know Michigan's got talent; they're picked time, but they got to prove it to me uh, on a national stage. Uh, is there anybody else that that could sneak through, break through, sneak in that we didn't mention here?
7: I think it's the usual suspects. You know, I mean, I really do. I, I look at Ohio State and Michigan outside of the SEC footprint that that really has a chance to make a run at this thing. But you know, maybe a dark horse team to watch would be Texas. I think, no. you know, Ken, if they could. If they could win that game in week two in Tuscaloosa, I think they set yep. themselves up for a a real good chance to make a run. You know, they would have to stay healthy with Quinn Ewers at quarterback. But you know, look, they've recruited at a high level in Austin over the last couple of years and you would think that they've got enough players now to make a at least, you know, be competitive at this thing. They should have beaten Alabama last year if Ewers stays on the field and you know, I mean they'll take a better team into Tuscaloosa this season and have a great opportunity to put themselves in the national discussion. But, you know, outside of the usual suspects that you mentioned, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Bama, Georgia, you know, possibly Texas could sneak in there.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, good quarterback and good players returning, despite Bijan Robinson leaving and could have easily beaten Alabama last year. So right there with you. Jordy, tell people about how they can follow
7: you. We're on YouTube. You can search us at the Jordy Colada Show, J.C. Show on uh, – or excuse me, Colada Show on social media, whatever social media platform you're on. Uh, just hit us at Colada Show, and it's easy to get us there, and uh, you can keep up with us, 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday.
2: It's good. Check it out. I'm quite certain you'll enjoy it. Jordy, it's a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. My pleasure. Jordy Colada talking LSU. A brief – respite here. It's 504-260-1061. If you'd like to weigh in on any of these topics or any others, feel free to do so. Back in just a moment here on Nash Icon 1061 FM and at nashfm1061.com.
4: Back to school season usually means a fresh new start for my kids and a fresh new headache for me as I try to shop for school essentials without emptying my wallet. That's why I'm so glad Kohl's has their lowest prices of the season. I just went and saved on everything my kids need for the year, like tees for $6.99, jeans for under $25, and more. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash. So if you want new school styles at old school prices, get to Kohl's. Select styles. Offer ends August 20th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
6: My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home.
8: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Or go to Selectquote.com 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com commercials.
1: When the final horn blows at the Allstate Sugar Bowl, the action is just beginning as another jam-packed year of Sugar Bowl activity lies just ahead. With over 55 annual events, including all Louisiana high school state championships, the Sugar Bowl's support of amateur athletics adds up to big fun and big dollars for our economy. From the Crescent City Classic to lacrosse, sailing, basketball, and more, the Sugar Bowl has something for most everyone. For more on the great things the Sugar Bowl is doing, log on to AllStateSugarBowl.org. Sponsored by Allstate, Taco Bell, and Dr. Pepper.
8: This report is sponsored by Mothers Against Drunk Driving.
6: For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877 mad or visit mad.org.
5: Accident earlier has cleared I-10 East after canal, uh, but slow traffic from the Claiborne flyover right now in the downtown area. Let's go to the St. Charles Parish Kenner line. Uh, We have... Uh, I-10 East uh, between I-310 and LA-49, running slow traffic there. 55 northbound after Shack right lane is blocked with an accident there. I'm Michael Higgins from the New Orleans Funeral and Cremation Service Traffic Center.
1: This is where you get all access, not just to focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061- ICON through CrescentCitysports.com and at Nash FM1061.com.
2: We've had guests on this week talking about Tulane and the Green Wave, anticipation of an outstanding season to back up, an outstanding season from last year. And of course, that is the expectation, and that is the rage. And when you look at the odds makers. And where they have Tulane, they're favored to win 10 or 11 games this year. And that's no surprise. As for the opener with South Alabama, Tulane remains a seven and a half point favorite in most betting circles as we speak. And the odds makers have them at 66% in terms of their chances of winning the game against South Alabama. The models also, by the way, have A 55% chance of South Alabama covering the spread. The over-under is 55.5. And the oddsmakers at 52% have this game going over. So they're seeing offense and they're seeing scoring in this game. And I get that completely. Of course, I think that's going to be the case with LSU and Florida State, providing the weather is good when you look at the two offenses on the field in that particular game. The other thing to consider early in the season is the heat and humidity. These games are outdoors, and it's going to be hot, and it's going to be humid. And that has a telling effect on defenses, in particular defensive linemen. That's what I look for early in the season. It's almost a survival rate. You've got to have depth up front. You've got to rotate players to be able to keep them fresh enough to be successful throughout the course of a game with those conditions being prevalent. So I think you want to watch for that where both of these games are concerned, Tulane, South Alabama, LSU, Florida State. I think Tulane is mature enough and focused enough to go out and get the job done. But as I continuously say, it will not be easy. Check out South Alabama. This is a competent to solid team that could get your job done if you're not ready to play. Just witnessed what happened against Southern Miss a year ago. And, of course, the danger of the trap with Ole Miss and Southern Miss to follow is is genuine. It definitely could happen. Tulane needs to be focused and ready to go. 504-260-1061 is the number. A final timeout. And we shall return in just a moment with a final word or two on this Friday night edition of All Access. Ken Trahan with you. Rudy Dixon, our producer, back in just a moment here. On Nash Icon 1061 FM and on the web at NashFM1061.com.
4: Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a digital sales manager. To apply, simply go to cumulusmedia.com, click on work here, and then fill out the needed information and career opportunities. This is a highly compensated and exciting opportunity to build and coach your own digital sales team with the support of a great group of radio stations. Simply go to cumulusmedia.com and apply today. Cumulus Media is an equal opportunity employer.
2: I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Scott Craig. I love me some Francesca's by Katie's Deli and Catering.
7: We thank all who have sustained us through the pandemic and into better times. You can
2: build your own specialty sandwiches.
7: Build your own special St. Louis-style pizzas as
2: well. Don't forget the special salads, including the Chef Scott's Special Salad. And our frips are special and unique. Francesca's is the home of Ken Trahan's original prep football report, Friday nights during the football season. And we love all areas, schools, and teams. Come on by. Francesca's by Katie's Deli and Catering, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Open Monday through Saturday at 11 a.m. Visit FrancescaDeli.com.
8: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Or go to Selectquote.com 1 800 929 2121. That's 1 800 929 2121. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com/slash commercials. If you're injured in a car crash, never settle for less than you deserve from the insurance company. And don't settle for just any law firm. Demand Dudley DeBoger. It's always our goal to get you the maximum compensation you deserve. And with our no fee guarantee, you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. Call now and we'll review your case for free. That's the Dudley DeBoger difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's
1: 504 504-444- 444 Four 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 four.
8: Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA twenty two one three five seven nine.
1: Discover credit cards
6: automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means—wait, wait, wait, hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back.
5: Yeah, that's what the script says.
6: So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back.
5: Apparently.
0: Wait unlimited first year cash back match only from discover see
7: terms and learn more at discover.com slash match
1: did you know that driving under the influence of marijuana is illegal driving high will get you a DUI and if you're wondering if law enforcement can tell you're driving high well everyone else can friends
4: I can tell you drove high parents I can tell when you drive high
1: relatives I can tell you drove here high didn't you so what makes you think law enforcement can't I can tell. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. Paid for by NHTSA. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM, Nash Icon, at nashfm1061.com, and through crescentcitysports.com. Give us a call. 504-260-1061. 504-260-1061.
2: As we close it out tonight, Jadavia Clowney is signed with the Ravens, so Clowney becomes a Raven, giving them experience, and it's a deal that could rise up to $6 million, and Ravens figure to be a contender this year with Lamar Jackson back in the fold and happy now. I want to thank Jordy Colana for joining us. I want to thank John 4K for joining us. Thanks to Rudy Dixon our producer. Back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. until noon with Ed Daniels for the Three-Tail Gator Show. Until then, Ken Trahan saying thanks for joining us. Be a good sport. And-